Now, The Interpreter Show, with discussion, debate, and the latest information on all kinds of religious issues and topics. And we're back. This is the second hour of Interpreter Radio. I'm Martin Tanner, your host in studio. With me, Hales Swift and Brent Schmidt with us by phone. The Interpreter Foundation sponsors Interpreter Radio. Its mission is to support the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints through scholarship providing accurate information to the public about the church and free scholarship on the internet on a wide variety of topics. The Interpreter Foundation defends the church against misunderstandings and criticisms. It is not owned, affiliated with, or controlled by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Therefore, the material that it publishes and the words that We and the other talk show hosts speak are solely our own responsibility. The Interpreter Radio Show is also sponsored by Kimber Academy, which is a marvelous K-12 private school, which unlike public schools, keeps God in the classroom. It's a special place where teachers guide students through faith and morality and equality and engaging curriculum is at the heart of all this. At Kimber Academy, every parent's voice is heard and also every student's voice is heard. In Utah, Kimber Academy is located in Linden, Utah. There are many other Kimber Academy locations throughout the United States. To find out more or schedule a tour to find out if Kimber Academy is right For your student, you're welcome to call the director in Linden, Utah, Jessica Bianco, at 801-382-7158, 801-382-7158, or for more information, go online to kimberschool.com, that's kimberschool.com. Now for our second hour of interpreter radio, one of the questions that often comes up from critics, or at least occasionally comes up from critics, is this phrase, when the prophet speaks, the debate is over, or paraphrase, when the prophet speaks, the thinking is over, or the discussion (laughs) is over. And the question is, what does this really mean? Is this really church policy? Is this the position of the church, or is this just smoke and mirrors? Gentlemen, in any comments to start us off here, Hales uh, or Brent? I, I'm just so grateful we have prophet seers and revelators, and I know from the Holy Ghost that they they speak for our Heavenly Father and our and our Savior Jesus Christ. And in a lot of ways, when we look at that prophet, that prophet title, it just means someone who speaks for someone else. 
in Greek. And so frequently when I've listened to prophets, I feel the Holy Ghost. I found that when I quote prophets in the classroom, I, I teach religion at BYU-Idaho, that there's great power in adding and trying to always echo what the prophet is teaching. And so I just know that there's great power from the, the Holy Ghost when we stay real close to the prophet, when we look to the prophet, when we guide other people to listen to the prophets. And our Savior said, whether it's by, by me or from my servants, it's the same in the Doctrine and Covenants. And so anyway, I've just found that there's great power. I know there's lots of people in the church who like to, or outside of the church especially, who like to just think that maybe what they say or they're just speaking as a man. And and our Heavenly Father does work with 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 his human servants to teach us, but I just think that there's blessings and safety when we always are standing with the prophets. And I know that Joseph Smith a lot of times would invite people to, to listen to him if you study church history or the saints' books, and, and those people who did follow him and later Brigham Young and prophets were always blessed. And so I know people who have become critical of prophets and they've lost the spirit. And there's great power, I think, also in never speaking ill of the Lord's anointed. So as we can always follow the prophets, uh, teach and say things as they would say it, we'll have uh, the power of our, of our Heavenly Father and the Holy Ghost with us. Wonderful comments. Hales, your thoughts. I think when the when the prophets speak publicly, they well, how do I put this? The Lord the Lord has spent a good deal of time preparing and schooling them and And they, on account of that, I think they, they typically have a great deal of wisdom and know when what they're saying is ready to be said, I guess is a good way of putting it. Um, that doesn't mean that everything that someone says is canonized by virtue of, of any particular calling. But I think your, your, best, your best bet is always to take seriously the things that the leaders of the church those who are responsible for presiding and those who have the keys of the priesthood share with us and instruct us. Um, the counsel from the scriptures, right, is, oh, where is that? Let me get that. Because it, it, it says that they're better than I can. Um, unless I just like quote it. Uh, in the Book of Mormon, 3 Nephi, chapter 11, Oh dear, I'm getting that page not found error again. Well, okay, I, I uh, 
Blessed are ye if ye shall give heed unto the words of these twelve whom I have chosen from among you to minister unto you and to be your servants. And it goes on to talk about, and unto them I've given power and authority to baptize, and after that you're baptized with water, I'll baptize you with fire and with the Holy Ghost. Um, but one of Jesus' central interests in teaching the Nephites was, if you will, casting out the devil of contention from among them. Or rather, casting out the devil by eliminating contention from among them, put less metaphorically. Um, and if we... Like, I guess the, the value in taking seriously the things that come from leaders of the church is in some ways best understood by its opposite, like economics. Sometimes you can understand the benefits of an economic system by seeing what happens when you do exactly the opposite. You can learn why America is cool by studying the Soviet Union. But um, when, when, the, when the words of the prophets are taken lightly, when their warnings are ignored, you end up with scenes like Noah, well, minus Noah and his family, um, those who didn't take seriously his warnings and were, were on the right, wrong side of that particular uh, boat hole. Um, and you have scenes like Lot's departure from Sodom and Gomorrah. And you have all the other cases where there was opportunity to repent. There were the teachings of the Lord. There were the prophets that were sent. And because people didn't listen, they were left to die in their sin. They wanted to be left to themselves, and they were. Let's, let's let's just not end up like that. <laughs> um, there's safety and peace in following the brethren. Thank you. Great, great comments, both of you, Brent, Brent and Hales. This specific- I'm sure both of us could just share lots of experiences we've we've had just listening to prophets and priesthood leaders, you know, all three of us could, right? Just, when, when have we be blessed? But I think most people, you know, everybody's listening probably could say the same thing. And so just keep following the prophets. <laughs> just just keep following the prophets, exactly. This um, criticism of the church, this phrase, uh, when the leaders have spoken, the, the thinking has been done, or when the, the leaders have been spoken, the debate is over, those kinds of things. It's, it's really interesting where that came from. Uh, having had the opportunity for the last 33 or so years to, to spar with uh, church critics in, in debates in various contexts, this is one that's come up from time to time. And so I've drilled down to find out the source of it. And this statement originally appeared in the Improvement Era. 
in June of 1945 as the ward teaching message for the month. And I won't bother to read the whole thing, but I will read some of the relevant parts. It's, it's a little too long to just quote the whole thing verbatim, but, but the heading is ward teaching, and then it says to be conducted under the supervision of the presiding bishopric, and then it tells the duties of, of the ward teacher to watch over the church and be with and strengthen them. And then it has the ward teacher's message for June of 1945, sustaining the general authorities of the church. And fascinatingly enough, the first sentence after sustaining the general authorities of the church says this, quote, no Latter-day Saint is compelled to sustain the general authorities of the church when given the opportunity to vote on a proposition. Uh, he may indicate his willingness to sustain by raising his hand, or he may manifest his opposition in like manner. So the, the point being made is there's no coercion. And then it goes on and on and dis discusses, um, uh, you know, Lucifer and, and his ways of convincing unsuspecting souls. And then there's this, this quote from Joseph Smith that says, quote, I will give you one of the keys of the mysteries of the kingdom. It's an eternal principle that has existed with God from all eternity. The man who rises up to condemn others finding fault with the church, saying that they are out of the way, while he himself is righteous, then know assuredly that man is on the high road to apostasy, and if he does not <laughs> repent, will apostatize as God lives. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, pages 156 and 157. I mean, all this is right in the uh, New Era, June 1945, or excuse me, Improvement Era, June 1945, word teaching message, which concludes with this, with this statement. Quote, when our leaders speak, the thinking has been done. When they propose a plan, it is God's plan. When they point the way, there is no other which is safe. Close quote. Now you might think, well, that's really interesting. After this was printed in the Improvement <laughs> Era, uh, there are a number of people in the church and outside of the church who were alarmed about this. And, and there was um, a guy named... Raymond Cope was the leader of the First Unitarian Society in Salt Lake City, who was really concerned. He had a good relationship with President George Albert Smith, and so he writes him a letter, and it was pretty cordial. And he expressed his feelings that this message of when the thinking has been done uh, was doing harm to many who have no other reason to question the integrity of the church. And, and so he concludes with saying, gosh, this really can't be the position of true church leaders, can it? And, and so President Smith responds to Raymond Cope with his own letter to clarify this message. And here's what he says. Uh, Dear Dr. Cope, I have read with interest and deep concern your letter of November 16, 1945, in which you make special comment on a short religious editorial prepared by one of our leaders entitled Sustaining General Authorities of the Church. 
And then he goes on. I'm going to skip a little bit over here. I'm gratified with the spirit of your friendliness. Thank you for having taken the time to write. Direct quote. Quote, the leaflet to which you refer and from which you quote in your letter was not prepared by one of our leaders. However, one or more of them inadvertently permitted the paragraph to pass uncensored. By their so doing, not a few members of the church have been upset in their feelings and general <laughs> authorities have been embarrassed. I am pleased to assure you that you are right in your attitude that the passage quoted does not express the true position of the church, even to imply that members of the church are not to do their own thinking is grossly to misrepresent the true ideal of the church, which is that every individual must obtain for himself a testimony of the truth of the gospel, must, through the redemption of Jesus Christ, work out his own salvation, and so forth. The Lord does not attempt coercion, neither does the church. He goes on and on and on, uh, it, and it's a really del delightful letter. Very faithfully yours, George Albert Smith. And so <laughs> this quote is sort of one that wound up in an official church publication, which immediately thereafter the president of the church disavows. And there's kind of the rest mm -hmm. of, of, of the story. And I, I have uh, found that to be very, very interesting. The only time when I believe that church leaders don't, like it uh, and find it inappropriate when church members or others have questions or um, somehow are, are critical of, of their comments is if they're done publicly. If, if you have a concern or a question about anything that a church leader says, write them a letter. You'll, you'll get a friendly response back. Happens all the time. When you do something like take out a newspaper ad and use half a page to, to, you know, dress up and down and say how bad something that a church leader has done, that's not going to go over so well. And that's not really the right way to do it. The right way to do it if you have some disagreement with the church leader is, um, is, is to do it in, in private the way you should with, with any other person. The other comment about this and the thinking has been done idea is that it contradicts, as President George Albert Smith said, the idea in the gospel. And there's a great quote that Brigham Young had from the Journal of Discourses, volume 9, page 150, where he says, he says this, quote, I am more afraid that this people have so much confidence in their leaders that they will not inquire for themselves of God, whether they are led by him. I'm fearful that they settle down into a blind state of self-security, trusting their eternal destiny in the hands of their leaders with a reckless confidence that in itself would thwart the purposes of God in their salvation and weaken that influence they could give to their leaders. If they did know for themselves by the revelations of Jesus Christ that they are led in the right way, that is the best. Let every man and woman know by the whisperings of the Spirit of God 
to themselves whether their leaders are walking in the path the Lord dictates or not, close quote, Brigham Young. I, I, I really like that quote. It's, it's not question your leaders, it's find out for, for yourself. I've that's, taken that's too beautiful. long with this, but, but uh, I, I have seen a lot of criticisms of the church that are unfounded uh, on this idea. I, I've been reading the Saints books, and I've just wondered when you were talking about the the timing of the 1945 message. I know that there were lots of members of the church that were probably struggling during World War II, and a little bit before that, the church came out uh, and and, su- uh, and supported prohibition. And I know a lot of uh, different people didn't like the church's position. And actually, I think prohibition, the, the church actually ended up losing, I think, in, in, in some of the, the different things it supported even in Utah. And, and so I just, I wonder how all that kind of plays into some of these quotes from 1945. But I'm not really a, I'm not a church historian of, you know, the 20th century. Hmm. But I, I imagine that the, the world and, and especially a couple of generations before with Brigham Young, the world didn't like this idea of, of having uh, a ZCMI or uh, members of the church coordinating their economic and other resources to build Zion. And so I just think that there's there's lots of people that probably fell away and had a, a bad life by not following prophets, I'm sure, if we were to, to study the lives of people who didn't follow the prophet. Yes. Hales, sounded like you had something to say there. No? Uh, I, there's always the, the question of exactly how much to say. Um, yeah, and I, I guess always one, cross that one, line. One thing I would say is you need to have enough trust in the Lord to believe that in the unlikely event that one of the leaders of the church says something that isn't in keeping with what the Lord once taught, he's able to clean up the mess. Um, I mean, you, you, you could imagine how such a thing could happen. Perhaps somebody goes off script and reads their talk backwards and it says something that wasn't intended. Uh, maybe either by the Lord or by the person reading the talk. If you have the Holy Ghost and somebody says something that offends the Lord, you'll know. And if that happens, then you can safely set aside um, the offending teachings. It's happened, for example, well, okay, once upon a time I was in a BYU religion class that it happened. Um, I, 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 I won't finger the teacher because I think he's a good guy and I think he just happened to be misinformed on a certain point. But if something 
taught that is false and you have the Holy Ghost with you, you'll know. Um, and the thing is, the brethren also have the Holy Ghost in considerable abundance. And if they say something that's wrong, I trust them to realize the fact and clean it up without my needing to study the ark. <laughs> and part of, part of why we have revelation is so that we don't always have to be beholden to any mistake that may have occurred at any point in the past. Um, and, and, and consequently, because of, because of that, we don't need to be afraid of the church going astray. Because the Lord can just keep revealing his will until we all end up where he wants us. it's only if you believe that the church is fundamentally a thing run by some other mechanism other than revelation to the Lord's prophets that you need to worry. Because with revelation, we have all of the means that we need to get any situation that may at some point arise thoroughly straightened out. Um, and because of that, we can have peace. We can have trust in the Lord's process. We can believe in line upon line and precept upon precept. We can believe that while offenses may come from time to time, somehow, they're all going to be cleaned up in the end. Um, and that is a peaceful, safe place to be. Because you don't need to go out and protest. You don't need to freak out and leave. <laughs> if, if somebody somewhere says something that isn't quite right. Um, I mean, I think, I think we all have... A, a pretty high implicit trust in in the brethren, but what if your family home evening leader says something that's off the rails one day? Um, it's going to be okay. <laughs> um, the Lord has enough ways and means to get us where he wants us to go. Yep. I, I, I want to just add, just kind of to to what Hales mentioned there, I've I've sort of been on the other end where I'm teaching a religion class, and I've had a couple of times where the Holy Ghost said, will tell me, I don't like how you said that, or will you say <laughs> that again because you didn't get it right, <laughs> or or this is not what I want. I've had a, I've had that a few times, and I felt very rebuked. So I'm sure that the Holy Ghost, I don't know, I'm, if if you were to ask prophets, maybe they might, you know, say something like that too. But the Holy Ghost does does the work, and I've had a I had an experience once where 
where the Holy Ghost just kind of just told me one day before I was to teach a lesson that that he it was really his job. I was just kind of there to 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 say the words and but it's really his it's Jesus's work and we just kind of get to help a little bit. Hopefully not mess up too bad. Mm-hmm. Great comments. Um, I, I have two quick final statements on, on this issue. One is from the October 9th, 1921 conference report, starting on page 99. Melvin J. Ballard made this comment, quote, in connection with the rise of that great work of our Father in the last days, he declared a new thing, a thing that never was declared to any other dispensation from the days of Father Adam, namely, that the work of God in this day would not fail. It should not be overcome, neither shall it be left to another people. And then he, he goes on, I'll, I'll skip a little bit of it in the interest of time. Quote, I say unto you that I, the Lord, will contend with Zion and plead with her strong ones and chasten her until she overcomes and is clean before me, for she shall not be removed out of her place. I, the Lord, have spoken it, close quote. That to me says that Although our church leaders are, are certainly human and susceptible of error, the Lord will never allow the church itself to go astray because this is the last restoration. It's not like there are going to be three others. This, this is it. And that strongly implies that our church leaders uh, will have few errors and errors that are as as you mentioned Hales is easy to um, easy easy to resolve as you look at our church leaders I am convinced that you could not find a more inspired a more loving a more wise a more kind and a more generous thoughtful group of people anywhere else on the planet they're just a remarkable remarkable group and i don't believe that there has ever been such an assembly in in ancient or or modern times it's just amazing and unprecedented that the the caliber of of the current church leaders Amen. They are very amazing. I I agree with you, and they have the Holy Ghost with them. And I I loved watching the Christmas the Christmas devotional just a little while ago before our program started, and I thought that President Nelson's message was amazing, and and they are really just trying to direct us in every way possible to Jesus Christ. Hopefully, we'll we'll listen to them, do all work on all the things that they've asked us to. I've received lots of blessings over the years from following prophets, uh, especially when President Benson was the prophet. I was a teenager, and when he just said we're under condemnation because we're not reading the Book of Mormon, I decided I was going to read the Book mm. of Mormon, and that helped me to have the Holy Ghost in my life and be a better person and get get firmly on the covenant path. And I know that as, as we follow, especially the things that will 
help us to help others to receive eternal life will be very blessed. And so I think to a, a small degree, as we as we say the things the Lord would want us to say, we get to be prophets with a small p. You know, Moses, when he was the prophet, he, he said, I wish all of you guys were prophets. So as we try to be like them by, by being good missionaries and inviting other people to the Savior, we I think it becomes easier to follow the prophets. Mm-hmm. Great comments. Um, anything else on this I guess, topic? I guess I would add to that. For those of us that have had the experience, and I expect that I should probably count most of the church in total, of speaking by the power of the Holy Ghost, it's really not that hard to imagine that our inspired leaders whom the Lord has called would have the same privilege and would have the same uh, would have this would 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 have would have the same connection with the Holy Ghost, and when you've seen that even the most average Latter Day Saints with the Holy Ghost can work miracles, can frankly, prophesy, um, can accomplish the Lord's purposes, whatever those need to be. I, I, I think it makes it just really easy to have faith that those that he specifically chose for that purpose can do the same thing in the sphere for which they're responsible. So, in the Latter-day Saints, I think Moses' ambition that all the Lord's people could be prophets is well on its way to fulfillment. And because of that, well, I, I guess it's easy, it's easy to trust when you've experienced the same spirit that actuates our leaders. And we all have that opportunity. Great comments. Thank you. Anything else on this topic? Okay.